0: Welcome to the Two Coach Bennett's Talking Podcast.
1: I'm Coach Tammy Bennett.
0: And I'm Coach Chris Bennett. This is where we talk about...
1: Anything we want. Yeah, anything we want. Like movies or music.
0: Running, not running.
1: Life and what gets us excited.
0: Fantasy and sci-fi books.
1: No, we're not talking about that.
0: Alright, well, we'll talk about everything but fantasy and sci-fi books.
1: So sit back or keep moving, because it's time to start talking. Welcome back, Coach.
2: Coach, welcome back. It's been a while, hasn't it?
1: What have you been up to in the last week?
2: The last week has been prepping for holiday season. I'm a big fan of holiday season, so I'm, I'm mentally getting charged up for that. And then I had a little bit of a... Um, I don't know what the day, I don't know how you'd respond to it. It was kind of a big day for my running, I guess. Uh, I ran my 2000th day in a row, which was kind Woo-hoo! of cool. Yeah. Talk about that more on, uh, you know, maybe a, a a later podcast or a different podcast. And uh, I've just been soaking up tons and tons across country, which I think is kind of hinting at the uh, meat and potatoes part of today. So that's that's what I've been up to writing a whole bunch how about you coach what have you been up to i'm sure what you've been up to is more impressive and exciting than what i've been up to
1: the self what do you call that
2: deprecation yeah that i thrive at that i will tell you this i'm not self-deprecating at how good i am at being self-deprecating okay because i think i'm the best
1: Mm, so congratulations on your 2000 days thank you amazing it's been fun Mm -hmm. to get to witness i've been with you for many of those days like, not when you're traveling, obviously, right? But yes. all the days that you're running from home.
2: You've been you've with me in spirit for all of them.
1: Sure, totally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, awesome. Um, In the past week, let's see, I ran 90 minutes, which are the longest I've run in a very long time. Was
2: it 91?
1: It was 91.
2: Yeah, Don't who's and, self-deprecating and some scrappy, now? And
1: some scrappy little seconds in there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of got hoodwinked into it my running partner did not tell me you no know, to turn around and i mm-hmm. did not look at my watch i take responsibility too but anyway it was amazing i did fall i got a little road rash on mm-hmm. uh, or trail rash i should say on one of my legs but it was it was great
2: yes yes you you tend to get trail rash quite a bit don't
1: you yeah especially at this time of year when it's muddy Mm-hmm. And slick. I do not have proper trail shoes. I have ones that don't have much traction on the bottom, so I'm going to mm-hmm. blame it a little bit on the lack of trail shoes. Okay. And I just fucked around in the mud a little bit. Yeah.
2: There we go. But you got up and you kept going.
1: Bounced right back up and kept going.
2: Did you stop your watch on the way down?
1: I think I yes, I did. I did.
2: Uh, epic. I'm so proud of you. That is yeah. like I'm.
1: We talked about this last time I fell. <laughs>
2: I I know. And we will the next time you fall. So hopefully
1: there won't be too many next times. I'm getting a little too old for this silly business. I'm
2: actually very impressed with how you fall and get up, keep going. And when you come back, I got to say, I'm, I'm like super impressed and a little in awe of you. Like, I'm like, yeah, she's a badass. Like when you come in and you're messed up a little bit, you know, like a long run and you got some, as you put it, trail rash, which I love. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm not going to say I'm extra pumped because I don't want you to fall down but I will say I'm not less pumped
1: okay there we go mm-hmm. let's get into and the meat and tater oh.
2: I just got to say one more thing you handled the post run amazingly I was shocked at how well you handle it
1: yeah I mean I could have eaten better I did have a good little nap it Had wasn't good- that
2: long of a nap it was like 15-20 minutes
1: yeah and did it for me
2: yeah well good yeah. good for you proud of you
1: alright let's get in the meat and taters let's talk about cross country Yes. Yes. I think we should specifically start with, should we start with NCAAs or NXR?
2: I'd start with NXR because I think that really kicked everything into a higher gear for us. Because we both love cross country.
1: Yes. Why don't you tell people what NXR is?
2: NXR is Nike Cross Regionals. So there's a series of regional meets around the country where you qualify for NXN which is the nike cross national championship so this is at the high school level so what they have is they have nine regions around the country of which the top two boys teams and the top two girls teams in each race qualify for the national championships and they have four wild cards and they also have five individuals in each region so there's 45 boys and 45 girls who qualify as individuals so you've got the top 22 girls teams the top 22 boys teams and the top 45 individuals that are not on a team that all meet in early December in Portland for the NXN national championship. So NXR is, is really great because it's, it's kind of the, the top of the mountain for almost all of the teams in the country. And then for a few select teams, they extend their season out to the national championship. So it's got everything you want. It's got drama, storylines, Uh, Massive intensity, joy, seasons ending, seasons extending, breakthroughs, stumbles. It's just awesome. But Tammy and I went to Boise, Idaho for the NXR Northwest meet. And interestingly, this was the first NXR Northwest that Tammy's ever been to because for the last few years, she's been going back east to watch our son. And then it was going to be our son and our daughter, their team's race. At the college level. So because the way things worked out this year, Tammy actually was able to go to Idaho for NXR Northwest.
1: Yeah, it was great. And I think the years before I was visiting kids back east, I was coaching. So I was coaching our youngest one and she always had an important meet that day. So we kind of had to split.
2: Yes. Yes. So it was. we were kind of there at the same time, which was kind of cool. And if you've ever been to a cross country meet, you know that as a fan, one of the most important things is knowing where you can get to on the course and how to get there. So it was just a lot of fun because I've been there for the last few years. And Tammy being, you know, a, a super fan like me, she was so focused on finding out how to get to where she needed to be. But you know, typical for our, the way we operate, you were very busy. I was very busy. And then suddenly it, it got down to like almost race time and I didn't get to show you. So you were like strategizing where you were going to be. And I was strategizing where I was going to be. And oh, it was great. It's great. Being a fan is one of my favorite parts of cross country or at least seeing the fans, too, because I loved coaching and I love being a
1: cross country runner. Yeah, there was just um, on Instagram, somebody posted an image from the D3 NCAAs. Okay. of all of the crowds it just looks like herds of buffalo you know so you'll run to one spot you'll watch the people <laughs> run by and then you have your strategic next place where you're going to watch the kids run by and it literally is like a herd of buffalo of spectators and so yeah. yeah you and i tend to split up a little bit both of us like to go to parts of the course where there aren't as many spectators um you know cuz we like to cheer for the people on our the teams that we're cheering for and maybe give them a little bit of coaching and yeah, so it ended up working out perfectly. I chose kind of an opposite half of the course from where you were, and both of us really got to get in a little coaching, a little cheering, and uh, it's really cool because then I always like threaten you. I'm like, okay, you call me the second they go by and <laughs> let me know, give me the update. Yeah. So um, it's always really fun when I'm, you know, because I can't see half of the race or more than half of the race, but you give me updates on the phone. It was really cool. So our daughter's team qualified, which was super exciting. So they yes. will be representing Jesuit of Portland, Oregon, or maybe it's even Beaverton, Oregon. Technically, it'll, it'll
2: be Portland. They'll, yeah. they'll they'll race as Portland. Yes. So, so this would be. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Are they
1: racing as Stumptown?
2: Not at the meet. You race okay. as your hometown. So okay, they, that's right. That's they right. race as Stumptown at the regional meet, and then you race as your your town, basically. So. We will have links and all that good stuff to how you can watch. It takes place, I believe it's December 3rd is the date. Is that right? Second,
1: second, second,
2: Saturday, December 2nd. So we'll have links and all that stuff because it's it's one of my absolute favorite races period of any kind. And, you know, it was funny. You're talking about the fans. When I was a senior in high school, we had a huge amount of um, students from my school come out to watch the race. Um, upwards of maybe like 150 kids came out and they had most of them had never been to a cross country race and we had told them kind of like how it was going to go and there were obviously kids on the team that uh, were not racing that basically led them around so you had all these Uh fans, these teenagers that had never been to a cross-country race, and obviously they're super excited. The crowd goes by the first time. They start following some of the cross-country kids that aren't racing to you know get to the second point. And I remember um in New Jersey, there's there's this place that's about just past the mile and a half mark. It's called the Bowl. And I'm rounding this turn, and there's probably 40 of my fellow seniors at the bottom of the bowl, and they're going crazy. And I remember thinking like how awesome that was and none of them have any idea what they're about to experience because you run basically downhill for about 600 meters through the woods to get to this spot, which means you got to go back up the hill to get back to where you were and then run an additional half mile to get to the finish line more or less. So yeah, sure enough at the finish line, there were nowhere near as many of them. As there were at the bottom of the bowl and literally over the next 45 minutes, they were straggling in all with huge smiles, all exhausted, saying it was amazing. And I don't think any of them cared that they missed the finish line because just the euphoria of running around and ripping through the fields and the and and the trails trying to get to these spots with all these other fans. It really is an awesome fan experience.
1: Yeah, I think I I didn't even run around as much as usual during this course. But um, on the day, I ran like six miles or something like that. When you Oh, had did us, you like, really? Yeah. Yeah. I hit my 10,000 <laughs> steps, you know, before the day was done, before we left the meet. Um, just from running back and forth for a couple different races. And we watched the boys yeah. race and all that stuff, too. So, yeah.
2: That's wild. I was, I was actually wondering how much I had done when I left. And I was a little jealous. And I forgot to ask you. Yeah, because I was a little jealous. I was like, you know, she's all this stuff is being, you know, counted for Tammy. And I had no idea. And I had a couple stretches where I was like, I'm, I'm moving. It's hard not to get a little bit of like a halo effect of the race. Oh yeah. And as you're trying to get to another point, like if you get there in time, it's almost like you won a race of your own. So it was really awesome. And yeah. uh, And preceding this. Okay. That race was on a Saturday, the Friday before we woke up early, you were doing some work. In the hotel room and kind of asking us what was going on. But our daughter Emma and I, for, I don't know, was it like three hours? Mm -hmm. We were going from one NCAA regional championship to another. So it's similar to NXN. NCAA has regional championships and and they have a certain number of qualifiers for the NCAA championship. But we were going from northeast to southeast to south to the west to the, you know, bouncing around only I think one or two races had live streamed. So you get these updates, like live scores get updated at like the one K mark, the two K mark at the college level, women run six K the men run 10 K. So we had three hours just bouncing around from one list of results to another and live results here. And our son was racing um, in one of the NCAA regional meets back East. Our daughter was at the NCAA regional meet cheering on her teammates. we were getting reports from her. So we had this unbelievably awesome morning on Friday of just nonstop cross-country, followed by a Saturday at the meet all day long of nonstop cross-country, and then we headed home.
1: Yeah, so, so let's talk about NCAAs now.
2: Okay, so they took place in Charlottesville, Virginia. And, we and we're talking about
1: up, Division One here.
2: Yeah, D1, Charlottesville, Virginia. We, we had to get up early. And for cross-country, it's a tough sport. Well, I think running gets... Is, is poorly shown period on TV, but for whatever reason, NCAA cross, I think is the best uh, presentation of the sport on TV, at least that you're going to find. So we were very excited. Um, they did an excellent job again, but um, let's, let's talk a little bit. It was the, the women's race went first. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the, the cool storylines that were going on beforehand?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, two of the main storylines were, can. Ken- uh, can NC State three-peat? So they've won last year and the year before. And in the individual race, can Parker Valby beat Caitlin Toohey or vice versa? Who is going to win? So those are the two kind of main storylines heading into the girls' championship.
2: Yes, Parker Valby, uh runner from Florida, and Caitlin Toohey, a runner from NC State. So you had that going on, and then you had this also, in the midst of all of this, this epic team battle because Northern Arizona was for the first time ever. You had the men's team and women's team from one school were both ranked number one in the country heading into NCAA. So you had the Northern Arizona women and you had the Northern Arizona men. So you had can NC state beat Northern Arizona and can Caitlin Tui beat Parker Valby or vice versa. So uh, it was really, really exciting. And, and as you're watching, there's, there's splits throughout the race where they're updating the team scores. So you're really invested in the individual and you're really invested in the team scores. And you're also kind of paying attention to, you know, the, the fun shots, the fans running around, but what, what kind of stood out for you right off the bat, like in the women's race, the gun goes off.
1: Yeah. I mean, immediately we were like, you know, Caitlin too. was up there. There was a Notre Dame girl that took it out and we were looking in the crowd and I didn't see Parker Valby. And there was this really cool shot where Caitlin too. is on one side um, I don't know how to describe it. Like Caitlin Tui is here. There's and like
2: then... 10, the women were like 10 across.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Caitlin Tui's on one side and all of a sudden, if you look on the other side, like 10 women down from her, Parker Valby just shows up and I'm like, okay, here (laughs) we go. It was just so powerful. And then she just took off. Right. So she put, I can't remember how many seconds of a gap she put on the field pretty quickly, like 10, 15.
2: Yeah. It just kept extending out. And you realized this is kind of what she did last year. And I don't want to say she faltered, but Tui kept picking up the pace in the last like 2k last year and eventually just caught her and overtook her and powered away and it just it did it seemed different immediately valby took it and she just seemed so strong like there and you're always looking especially when someone's being that dramatic about pushing the pace and pushing the pace that early you're kind of looking for like a shoulder to drop or a, a, a you know like a, a grimace that maybe they're trying to hide to to find like some kind of weakness like uh oh it's starting to hurt and i just never saw it
1: yeah and i mean and she said in her interview but and it was so true but she never looked back there was just like it mm-hmm. almost was like she just wasn't concerned of course i'm sure she you know feels concerned mm-hmm. but she just took it and this is she was just like this is what i'm doing and yeah, yeah it was I'll, just so strong so I'll good i'll run
2: as hard as i can and if someone yeah. catches me like someone catches me what's the point of
1: looking back yeah and the way she powered up the hills was pretty incredible too yes yeah so so then there was her and then there's a pack of Four or five women yeah, maybe probably. behind her. Um, and Caitlin Tui was in that pack. And she was in fourth or fifth for a little bit, fourth or sixth kind of. And then all of a sudden at the 3K. I yeah, say, it was right
2: around 3K, right after 3K.
1: We see her and she's like an 11th. And we're like, oh my gosh, what's what's going on? This is not does not look good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and then she and we sort of were like, oh, she's going backwards. This this is not happening for her. And then she stays in it and then she starts crawling her way back up that pack.
2: But coinciding and- with this is the team score getting closer and closer and closer. So the, the gap between NC State and NAU, you know, I, I it's hard for me to remember exactly. But, you know, that was 20 was suddenly 10 and it was suddenly five. And Caitlin Tui, who's NC State's number one runner, is sliding back. And You start to think Uh uh-oh, like, you know, part of their score is her in second or fourth or fifth. And now suddenly she's in 11th and she's in 13th. If she keeps going back, it's going to be really hard for them to win because NAU is common. NAU is common for NC State.
1: And so as we watch, she, you know, climbs her way back up to kind of the front-ish of that pack. And ultimately, do we go ahead and tell the ending? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Ultimately ends up in fifth, which was incredible. And then, you know, post race, you find out that she had been sick a day or two before there were rumors that she actually threw up and got sick around that 3k mark. I haven't heard it confirmed from anybody, so I don't know if it's actually true. Um, But either way, she had a moment, little period of time in the race where she wasn't feeling great and kind of slipped backwards and then was battling for her team and trying to scrape up every single point she could give her team. And let's like, be sure we mentioned she was not the only one fighting for every point in the team score. I think there were some really cool stats with NC state's two through five girls. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Um, but, Oh, we didn't say the ending score. Why don't you do that? You're, you're good at being dramatic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the <laughs> final score, I don't remember the exact score, but they won by one point.
1: 123
2: to 124. Now, not to just totally nerd out, but that's what the whole point of this is. The day before in the press conference, they were talking to her about the meet. And I think they were really kind of focusing on the individual battle between her and Parker Valby of Florida. And Tui said, I think it's easier basically to run for the team. And there's a power there and you know digging deep basically for your teammates like that that that's that's a benefit and it was just fascinating to think and it's hard to if if you're not a a, a nerd it's hard to get across to you how big of a deal it was for tui to potentially win the national championship again and to go up against parker valby who is an all-time great stud so this this individual battle was really probably the biggest headline of the entire meet and for her to realize I'm not going to win, go back to 13th and realize this is one of the worst cross country races I've ever had and not quit and not back down and fight and scratch and claw all the way back up to fifth was just unbelievably inspiring. And yes, there were a number of women on the NCC team that did something like that. And it just goes to tell you, they were probably thinking the same thing. She was like every point matters and literally every point mattered because they won by one and tip of the cap to NAU for having an unbelievable race as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one of NC States girls, I think it was their fourth girl I want to say, but I could be wrong about that passed something like 14 people in the last one K yeah. and we should mention too, that the last 400 of the race was all uphill. And so it's not an easy one K 1K- <laughs> to be passing 14 people. No. Um, And then there was another NC state girl who finished With two other girls from other teams, and they all finished with the same time, just like a hundredth or two or, you know, a tenth or two apart from each other. And she happened to be in front of those two other ones. She was a tenth faster or something. That's the championship there, too. Exactly. If just one of those girls had just leaned or just one inch forward, the championship would have been different. So it's just Mm -hmm. crazy to think that over 6K, it can come down to an inch.
2: And you know what we didn't even mention, and then we got to get to the men's race. Yeah, NC State didn't have their number two runner. Hmm. She didn't even get to run because of an injury. So they were th- they were without their number two, which probably also, I think, was there at the end when they were battling. Like we have to battle even harder mm-hmm. because our number two is not here. So. Each of them has to be a little bit of that number two runner to make up for the absence of that number two runner. So really, really awesome. And as we're just trying to catch our breath from that, suddenly the men's race goes off. And I, re- I remember us looking at each other saying they're completely out of control. Remember how fast they went out?
1: I mean, it looked like they were doing a 100-meter sprint. It was yes. crazy.
2: It was, it was cr- almost comical. Crazy. Like,
1: I wanted to laugh because I'm like, this just makes no sense Yes, for them to be going this fast in the men run 10K.
2: Yeah, 10,000 meters. So it's a 6.2-mile race. And basically, they it, it looked as if they were sprinting or at least close to sprinting for the first 800 to 1,000 meters. And we're not saying this as people who don't understand the sport. We fully understand the sport and they were more or less close to all out for 1k and then you got 9k to go and this was another one where there was some really great storylines there were probably five six athletes that were in the discussion for a potential individual national championship and then you had uh, the team battle and probably even above the team battle conversation was can nau win another national championship and the nau men and i again i may be getting this wrong i should have probably looked some of this stuff up but i think they've won five of the last six national championships so they're truly at this point one of the great dynasties across any sport at the ncaa level but you had a number of teams that were thinking that maybe they could knock them off most um had oklahoma state as the either the second best team or the potential team that was going to knock NAU off because last year in the men's championship at Oklahoma State NAU and Oklahoma State tied. Now if you don't know cross country the question is what happens when a team ties now if you're like Tammy and I back when we were running it would go to the sixth athlete so five athletes score you 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 know you add up their places and then if it's tied you add up you add the sixth score and that's called a sixth runner tiebreaker They've done away with that at the NCAA level, which is stupid, but whatever. And now it's a little bit different. But the point is last year it went down to a tiebreaker. That's how close it was. And NAU won. So this year the expectation was that it was going to be close again. And I think most people thought NAU was going to pull it off. So we've got the individual race and the team race. What do you what do you want to kind of call out first, Tam?
1: I just want to talk about the post-race interview with the individual race. <laughs> That's what I'm okay, waiting for. So,
2: so let's fast forward. So why don't you talk say who who wins the men's race?
1: So Graham Blanks of Harvard wins the men's race. Okay. And the day before in the press conference, he was asked, is it going to come down to something like the fastest or the toughest on this course? And he said it's going to come down to who races the smartest. Mm. And so the post-race interview, he, you know, he wins <laughs> and he goes over and he's like, You know how yesterday I said this, the race was going to be won by who races it smartest. He was like, well, I just ran like a dumbass," and which was just so funny and so sweet. But he, you know, he had covered a lot of moves. A lot of different people had taken the lead and kind of pushed the pace and he covered them. So he went with every time there was a lead change and didn't let that person get away. And um, sometimes that can be detrimental to your running because you, you know, you get off pace and you're putting surges in. It can make you more exhausted. So he did a lot of work. Um, but he came away with the championship. And then my favorite part of what he said, and this is something I talk about so often in the groups that I coach and the people that I coach, is the the announcer said, did you ever have self-doubt? Did you ever doubt that you would be able to do this? And he said, yeah, on the starting line, dot, 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 and for the next 9K. And I yeah. just thought that was, that was <laughs> so hilarious and so brilliant because it just shows that we can do things even if we're doubting ourselves a little bit. And I just loved that he was so honest and vulnerable about it. Like, yeah, I had a ton of self-doubt and I still came away with the championship. So I just thought that was really cool. And it was really good to see him win. And, uh, you know, our son races against him in in Ivy League races where there's the Ivy teams are showing up and he's just Grant Blanks is just kind of known to be a really well-liked and respected guy. Like, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. He's just a really good kid. Really nice, and so it was, it's all you know. It's always good to see the good guys win. Not saying and that it, other people were bad guys; just saying you know. I think he just said the whole field was a bunch. of I know of bad everyone guys. else yeah. is a bad guy. You
2: know? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's also interesting about what he said about the the doubts, which I thought, oh, Tammy's going to love this. He mentioned the fact that he had those doubting voices in his head, and he said, and he he chose to believe in himself
1: and told the voices those to shut voices. up. Yeah. Which is exactly it, what I tell my people to yeah, do when I'm is, coaching.
2: That's right. So I was just like, oh, this is, this is, he just got some brownie points. (laughs) Yeah. He just got some brownie points. I was like,
1: oh, we're besties, Graham. You see what I'm saying?
2: You too can win an NCAA cross country championship. (laughs) Just tell the
1: doubts to shut up.
2: Yes. Yeah. He said it was
1: maybe the hardest race he's ever run.
2: Yes, he did. And then go ahead.
1: Which gives me another moment to like throw in a little like life coaching here is a lot of times like, and me and you have both coached this way. I think I learned this from you is You're not coaching the runners to not feel pain during the race. You're coaching them so that when they feel pain, when it gets hard, they're able to run through it and continue. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, you know, a lot of times we, I think we think that the people running so well, the people winning these championships don't have a hard time out there on the course. And it's so patently false and opposite. They're having a really hard time. They just know how to keep going and keep the faith alive, even when it's hard.
2: Yeah. Which is super important because you're right. So many people assume that, oh, they, you know, they're so good. They're so fit. It must be so easy. And it's like, no, it's just as hard, but they handle it. They deal with it. And, and, you know, the other thing that he said that was interesting, he said that when he saw the course, he knew at 1000 to go, he was going to make a move. Yep. No matter what. And no matter how hard it was, he got to 1k to go. And what did he do? He made the move, even though this had been. According to him, the biggest dumbass race he'd ever run. And it was the hardest race he had ever run. But he had said one K to go. I'm I'm going to I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a shot. And he still did it. So you're right. Like it didn't it didn't matter how hard it was going to be. He got through it. it didn't matter how many doubts he had. He got through it. And then with one K to go. He said, this is where I take my shot. And he took his shot.
1: Yeah. And can I just say one more thing, like going back to like it's hard um, yes. is I think Like the takeaway here for everybody listening is when you are in a racing situation or a a speed workout or some kind of, you know, hard effort situation in that moment where it gets hard, don't let yourself think like, oh, crap, something's going wrong. And don't let yourself think like, oh, but I've trained so hard. This shouldn't be hurting. No, you've trained so hard and this is hurting and you can get through it. So don't make it mean like that that all hell is breaking loose and the wheels are falling off the wagon just because it feels hard. This is normal. It's supposed to feel hard.
2: Yeah. If it didn't feel hard for Grand Blanks, he wouldn't have won the NCAA championship. He would have yeah. ended up 70th or 80th. Yeah. Which is still great, especially at that level. But yeah, for him to win, he had he had to go somewhere. You know? Yeah.
1: Let's talk about team, men's team. Championship. Well,
2: it was kind of it was kind of like the opposite. Like Oklahoma State, um, pretty early on, probably around three or four K, if I'm not mistaken, they just took the race by the horns and just dominated. And I remember thinking, I remember saying out loud, and I'm, it makes me, I, I hate when I do this because it shows that even even though I have like, I think a capacity to dream really big, I don't have an infinite capacity. Like I think I can keep, which means I can obviously dream bigger and bigger, but their score had gotten so low. I think they got to something like 70 points, which is crazy low. And I remember saying to both you and Emma, I said, well, one of the positives for Northern Arizona, because Northern Arizona was down by like 25, I said, Oklahoma State, their score is so low, they basically have no way of getting lower because everyone around them is really, really good. There isn't any like just easy points, whereas Northern Arizona can keep moving up. And you're right. You know, I mean, I was right on one half. Northern Arizona could keep moving up. But Oklahoma State's score got lower and lower and lower they kept dropping their score. So I had put a ceiling on them. Like, this is about as good as they can be. And they were like, screw you, random fan sitting in Portland, Oregon. We can be better. And that's happened a couple times in my life, and it's a good lesson. But as I watched the score go down, I just thought, okay, I, I got to remember this, that, you know, putting putting limits sometimes is uh, limiting. <laughs> self-limiting. So I was completely blown away by how well Oklahoma state ran. And I'll tell you what, Northern Arizona finished with like 70 points or 72 points, which almost every single year is going to win and is a dominant performance. It's just that Oklahoma state was more dominant. You're on mute.
1: Good. Now you don't have to edit what I was saying over you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, They were the lowest scoring second place team ever. Uh, I think I read. Oh, really? That's true. I could be wrong, I w- but I really think I read that.
2: No, it's rare to have two teams that good. Yeah. So that's that's astonishing. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's a, that's a cool little addendum.
1: If it's true, I think it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, if it's true. If it's not true, then that was on you, not me. Yeah. But I so, want to believe.
1: So we're already at our thirty-minute limit. Should we Uh-oh. just move on to mailbag?
2: Yes. Yes. So anyway, and we'll put up a link for uh, the races. You can watch them yourself. All of them, NXR and uh, NCAA.
1: There we go. All right. Yes. Open up that mailbag.
2: Okay. Well, this is this this mailbag is actually going to be a joint letter because it's from a lot of you. Ever since we started this podcast, we have averaged one of these letters almost with every mailbag, okay? And we get it on DMs, we get it on social media, and basically the question is, when are you doing another best runner ever? Which, Tammy, do you want to tell everyone who doesn't know what best runner ever is, what it is?
1: Yeah, so it is a month long group coaching program for anybody that's interested in running and even walking. If you want to join us, and Coach Bennett, Coach Chris Bennett, and Coach Tammy Bennett, us together, are in the group. Um, we have a it's four weeks long. We have a teaching class each month on a sorry each week of the month with a certain topic, and then we have a coaching slash Q and A call. Uh, the other day, we have those once a week. So we have four coaching calls and four teaching calls within that month that are going to help you become your best runner ever, whatever that means to you, without comparing it to anybody else in the group or anybody else in the world, how can you show up and be your best runner ever? So we did this in June or July, maybe it was July of 2020, July, July two. of tw- July of 2022. Yep. And um, it was a, a major success. And we developed such a great community. I think some of the people in the group are still friends to this day and sometimes raised together. And um, so, anyway, it has been a big hit. And like Coach Bennett said, it is, you know, the most highly requested question that we get. And so, mm-hmm. ready for our answer?
2: Yes. Well, we're going to have signups open up. On was it Black Friday? Yeah. This Friday, this Friday, we're going to have signups. And along with these four days, so between Friday and Monday, you can take advantage of a special uh, deal we've got. As well as if you sign up, not only do you get the discount, but you also get access to a special call that we're going to have in December. And the actual best runner ever will be titled I'm going to do a drum roll that no one can hear best runner ever winter edition and will take place during the month of February. So you're going to want to sign up as soon as you possibly can. And as soon as you possibly can starts on Friday, this Friday, what's the date by the way?
1: 15th. No,
2: no, not at all. The 24th. Yes. So between the 24th, And the 27th, like I said, you're going to be able to uh, sign up and take advantage of a special deal and gain access to a really cool call we're going to have for everyone who signs up during these, uh, uh, what what do we call it, like Black Friday to Cyber Monday deal?
1: Yeah. I think we're just calling it the Friday, Black Friday special or something just because it's a lot of words. Yeah,
2: so many words.
1: But so, yeah, so the actual month of Best Runner Ever Winter Edition is going to happen in February. And we are well aware that in some parts of the world, it is not winter, but this will help you no matter what season you're in. So you'll have some tips that you can save until it's winter where you live. And most of the tips will apply to you no matter what season it's in. So that's going to be in February. But the reason we want you to sign up now is so you can get on the special call in December, which is going to be A really fun reflection celebration of what your running looked like in 2023, no matter what it looked like, even Mm -hmm. if you didn't accomplish quite all the things you wanted to accomplish, that's something we're going to talk about. And we're going to have part of the call where we're looking ahead to your running in 2024 and what you want that to look like and feel like. So it's going to be a really celebratory, fun call. And uh, it's going to be about 90 minutes long. And we're hoping that we have a little time for. Answering questions or from or interaction or you know, show and tell, something like that at the end of it after we sort of do a a guided reflection teaching kind of thing. It's going to be really fun. and it's only going to be for people that sign up on those first four days, Black Friday to Cyber Monday.
2: and if you can't make the live version of the call in December, um, Tammy, who's way better at all this than I am, is going to make sure that it's accessible for you. So you can watch the replay of the special call. If you can't be there live.
1: Yes. So. You yes, will so we're get...
2: super excited. Super yeah. excited. One of the reasons also why I'm excited about this Best Runner Ever is because obviously we did Best Runner Ever July 2022. And then prior to that, a few years before that, we did Summer Miles Club, which was really great. But they were both in the summer. So I'm super pumped about having a winter edition. I love, I love stuff like that.
1: And I think also a lot of people might um, wish this were in a different season because I know running in the winter is hard for a lot of people in parts of the world, but that's exactly why we want you to join this because we're going to help you figure out how to handle your running, think about your running, enjoy running, no matter what the weather is, even if it's harder than in some other seasons. So I think that's precisely why you might want to join if you're feeling like, no, winter's not a good time.
2: Yeah, and I love looking at those those the the, the difficult times um, because they're the easiest ones to improve upon. You know, I think one of the mistakes that people make is they always try to compare their winter running to their running in the spring or in the summer or in the fall, and it's it's that's not how it works. You need to compare it to other winters or whatever your comparable toughest season is, and, th- and that's how you can really gauge whether you're improving. It's it's just you know, can we make this winter better than last winter? And better will be defined in a lot of different ways. So we're super excited. All the links will be on the podcast, right?
1: Yeah. Links to sign up and join us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Be I'm in your super show notes. excited. Yeah. They'll be in they'll be in the show notes and they'll be on both of our Instagrams. Yes. So yeah. Hey, most Very-
2: importantly, because I know the knowledge we're going to share is really important. I get to do a t shirt, right?
1: Yes. You get to design oh, the t shirt.
2: Yes. Everyone gets a t shirt. Love it. Yeah. That's my favorite part.
1: All right, let's talk about what's floating your fancy.
2: Okay, you go first. What's floating your fancy?
1: Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't call on me first. Why? Because I'm not really sure.
2: You don't know what's floating your fancy? Okay,
1: I'm just going to be a nerd again. I feel like I'm always giving like the nerdiest stuff, but like you are. this is really, really floating my fancy and <sighs> that I, j- I know you're you're already prepared for the nerdiness to come out, but here we go. It is my custom planner that I designed with... Golden Coil is the company. They are gorgeous paper. It's just exactly what I need. I've used it for the past two years. You can custom design the pages in it. And I just got mine in the mail. And I literally was, well, not literally, but inside I was squealing in my head with excitement.
2: You squealed a little bit. It was a little squeal. Yeah, I think I
1: did. Yeah, I think I did do it out loud.
2: It was a little squeal. I've got an idea for you. I think on the Show Up Society podcast, you should have a full blowout podcast episode about your planner, and then I can just (laughs) listen to that episode instead of you telling me about it.
1: Oh, I've actually given a video walkthrough of my planner pages inside of my groups before, and it was highly thanked and appreciated by members of my membership.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. I would appreciate it if you would just do a podcast episode and let me listen to that at my leisure, as opposed to you telling me about it in person.
1: I thought you were going to say, I would appreciate it if you never talk about a planner again.
2: No, because I know it brings you joy. So I'm happy you're spreading the joy in the right places. If you know oh, what I mean. So, you
1: think our <laughs> joint audience doesn't care about planners? Here's what I say to you, listener Planners unite. I want you to put it in a hashtag and send it to either one of us, Coach Bennett's planners unite, something like that, or like planner power. Just let me know that you are mm-hmm. a planner lover, just like me. So, I can prove to the other Coach Bennett that planner people are cool. I have, okay. listen,
2: I have <laughs> no doubt that there are lots of Planner people, as you put it out there, I just think it would be great if you guys maybe just wrote in your planners to write each other and not write me because I don't care. And I'm saying this in the nicest possible way. And I do listen. I do when you tell me about all the different parts of your planner. And this is where you get to write this to do list, but that's different than that to do list. And (laughs) this is the month view. The hour view and the daily view, and oh my gosh.
0: Yearly and then I have, I'm trying to one.
2: sneak a peek in the planner how long you've penciled in this conversation. I'm <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she's giving this 60 minutes. God, this is terrible. Wait, oh I need a planner just to say I'm busy right now.
0: God.
1: <laughs> All right. What's floating your fancy?
2: Ah, the end of that conversation. <laughs> it's floating my fancy. Oh my goodness. Um, well, this is, well, here we go. I'm going to nerd out a little bit, too. Um, since we're, for whatever reason, uh, there's... well, I'll just start over. Okay, well, I'm going to sound like a total nerd now, too. Even though it's... We're heading into winter. For whatever reason, the Major League Baseball network is starting to replay Ken Burns probably 50-hour baseball documentary called... Wake me up when you... Baseball... Well, here, you know what we'll do? Put in your planner right now that at 530, I'll tell you all about this. Mm -hmm. So anyway, and now what I have to do is I have to find when they're playing it on Major League Baseball and tape the specific episode. So right now I only have the first episode, but the first episode I got so excited is 151 minutes long. So that's there's some commercials in there. So we'll just narrow it down to maybe it's like, I don't know. 130 minutes long but oh my goodness i'm so excited that i get to watch hours and hours and hours of a baseball documentary which i'm gonna have to sneak in in between tammy's rom-coms and 14th round of uh i don't know gossip girl or felicity or whatever emily in paris emily in paris oh my gosh what's cracking me
1: up about this is last night when you were watching this ken burns documentary i was literally writing stuff in my planner next to you
2: even better. So, so it's I love just, that
1: we can coexist with our own nerddoms side um, by side, and they don't overlap. Like Venn diagrams, these are like two circles <laughs> that don't touch each other at all.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't like tear apart the fabric of the universe. <laughs> like There was just too much nerdiness happening on the couch at that time. So my goodness. All right. Well, yeah, that's Floating My Fancy, the baseball documentary by Ken Burns, which I've never seen. I've never seen. So I'm super excited about it. And it's old. It's like 20 plus years old. So,
1: so we forgot our petty grievance. Should we go back and do it?
2: No, let's not. Let's Skip just keep it, it positive and let's we'll just do it. Yeah, let's we'll end have on a petty a grievance note. next time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's up for you this week ahead?
2: Um, well, we've got Thanksgiving coming. So, I've got, um, you know, I, I love the holidays. I'm a big fan of that. So I'm going to be, uh, I'm a huge hors d'oeuvres fan. Turkey's great, but I, I love the holidays for the hors d'oeuvres. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited. And it's your, day,
1: it's your day of the year where you don't cook.
2: Yes, which is amazing. So I, I cook on yes. Thanksgiving. Yes. Yep. And it's the one day of the year we hear about all year. So it's fascinating mm-hmm. how that works. The one day you cook is, is the one that, you know, the most pictures get taken and everyone celebrates it. And then we got to clap for the person who cooks. No one claps the other 364 days, but. Sure we the, do. The day chef Tammy cooks standing ovation at the table. Um, But yes, yeah, so I'm excited about that. I got a Coach Benz newsletter that's coming out. I've got a special Coach Bennett's podcast, which is going to be uh, gratitude and thankfulness oriented because that's that's what I like to roll during this time of the year. And then we got the build up to NXN. But prior to that, I'm going to Austin for the running event, Austin, Texas. And I know there'll be a community run out of the Loop Running Store, which I'll be a part of. Some more details to that coming probably next week. So yeah, a lot going on. What about you, Coach? What do you got going on?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, going to be cooking for Thanksgiving all day, (laughs) cooking for Thanksgiving all day in the kitchen, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, we have that coming on. We have, you know, we're going to have our black Friday, cyber Monday special deal with Mm -hmm. best runner ever. So I got to get that all set up. Yes. Uh, we're going to be hanging out with the family here. And I thought there was something else. Oh, I just wanted to say one thing about when you said about uh, the gratitude run that you're going to be putting out, I just hit my 12-year anniversary of not missing a day writing in my gratitude journal. So I think we should give a little whoop whoop for that.
2: Whoop whoop, 12 years? Well, can you just explain to everyone what that means? What What does it entail for you to be doing a gratitude journal every day? What do you do?
1: Yeah, so that's... Actually, an interesting question because it's changed over the years. So sometimes I've had a specific gratitude journal. Sometimes I've had like a paragraph at the end of my regular journal. Sometimes I've done it sketching. I think there were two, maybe two years where I sketched something I was thankful for every day. Sometimes it's been digitally. So I typed it into an online journal and I had it printed out. So it's taken all kinds of forms, but basically cool. it's just I do it at the end of the day. I try to come up with what's not even hard, but I come up with two or three things that I am thankful for that happened that day. And it's just been a really nice experience.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that.
1: (laughs) Thank you for thanking me for sharing that.
2: Maybe I'll end up in the the journal tonight.
1: Yeah, you've been there a couple of times.
2: Yeah. And thank you ahead of time for cooking this Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you want me and- to tell you where you can find the knives and forks?
1: <laughs> you can give me a tour on yeah, Wednesday. Of,
2: yeah, this is the kitchen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so while we're thinking, let's thank the listeners for being here for this episode.
2: Thank you, everyone.
1: Yeah, thank you. It
2: and means we'll see a you.
1: Lot. We'll see you when we see you. Hopefully, we'll be in two weeks. But you know, we've been a little unreliable lately.
2: Mm-hmm. And we'll tell you this: if you sign up over the next couple of days, post it tag us so we can celebrate and thank you again for signing up between Thursday and Monday.
1: Yes. Or
2: any day after that because everything's open still after that. It's just the the discount and the, the special call but you can still sign up afterwards. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell your foes because that's the nice thing to do.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We hope you subscribe if you haven't already, and we'd love for you to give us a good rating.
0: Remember, you can send your questions into our mailbag at the address found in the show notes.
1: If you want to connect with us further, be sure to check out Coach Chris Bennett on Instagram at Coach Bennett, two N's, two T's.
0: Or go to Coach Tammy Bennett's Instagram at Show Society. You can also hear more Tammy on the Show Up Society podcast.